Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where I have the opportunity of interviewing entrepreneurs from around the world about how they're creating an impactful legacy. And my name is Casey Clark, and I also own C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, Michelle Newsom-Smith. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Casey. I'm happy to be here. Yes, indeed. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Do you want to know about me personally or as an entrepreneur? Both. Um, okay, well, I, so I am um, an, a natural entrepreneur. I think I've been entrepreneur all my life. I'm also a bit of a nerd. Um, I read the encyclopedia for fun and also took advanced grammar in college for fun. So that gives me an idea of what kind of nerd I am. Um, but um, my company is The Word Woman LLC, and I started my company because I'm very passionate about nonprofits, and I've spent most of my professional career in the sector. So I've been there, done that, um, pretty much have um, operated in every position. And so about 10 years ago, I decided to uh, turn all my passion into a business and started a consultancy. Um, I do most, well, I should say I started doing something I'm very passionate about, which is grant writing. So grant writing was my one and only service. Um, today, we're a full service consultancy and we provide consulting, coaching, training, um, and work with organizations from just getting started through organizations that have been around for many, many years, um, but need some support to um, leverage all that passion with best practices. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I, I'm very familiar with some of the work that you do. And I love watching that and your nonprofit, your nonprofit coffee chats and all that stuff. So it's fun okay. watching your journey. You're welcome. So as you know, the name of our podcast is called We Thrive. So what does that word thrive mean to you? So thrive for me means continuous progress enjoying whatever you're working on or, or seeking to achieve and that you're doing it with joy. That it's not just about the work, but it's about the experience that you're having while you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Thriving in you know, just about anything in any area of your life, um, as long as you're getting joy out of it, I think that that's um, most important. I love that. So what are some resources that you've used as you have continued to bring joy into your life and thrive? Okay, well, I would say, so a lot of times people ask me, well, where did you get the name of your business, the word woman? And oftentimes people will say, is it about the Bible? Well, you know, I, I'm a Christian and I believe that my faith does guide me in many ways. And I pray a lot um, and, and, and I seek guidance um, and, and, and use affirmations and just in, being inspired by other entrepreneurs like yourself and, and, and seeing what folks are doing. And I think that also um, looking at doing this continuous self-assessment around, is this bringing me joy? Is this Am I feeling effective in what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And when I, I like to spend a lot of time, I'm a Googler. 
And so, and I'm at a certain point in my life where I'm up at night when no one else is. And so, <laughs> um, so a lot of times I, I do a lot of like reading articles and things like that um, to help me when I'm thinking through like my business or even in my personal life, different issues or opportunities that I want to take advantage of. I do a lot of article reading and I don't necessarily have a particular place to go. I'm a Gemini, so, you know, I'm all over the place. All right. So what obstacles have you had to overcome as you continue to thrive personally and professionally? So I am a recovering people pleaser. So that is a, I think, a major obstacle that I have had to overcome both personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a firm believer in um, self-care and self-love and self-respect. And I've had to grow in the, all those areas in my life. Um, I also have had to learn to let go a little bit. I have control issues. <laughs> <laughs> particularly when it relates to my business because um, much like the nonprofit founders that I work with, I'm, I, I see my business as my baby and I'm very protective of the word woman. And so learning that as I grow my business, I have to learn to um, be open to allowing other people to do things that yes, I can do it. Because I'm sure you might relate that as an entrepreneur in the early days, you have to do it all. Yep. And so over the course of time, I've learned that I'm in my own way. That if I don't trust that, you know, pray about it and then trust that it's going to work out. And that there are learning opportunities that will come with that, um, the growing pains of things uh, over and trusting that someone else can can get it done. Um, so I would say my biggest obstacle in my business has been me. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I'm, I'm, right <laughs> I'm here to help somebody, so. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I would definitely say that once, that in each um, season of growth and evolution in my business, and in my own personal development, it's been recognizing that I have a lot of control in areas that it's very easy for us to say, well, it's out of my control. And so I'm reacting, reacting, reacting. Um, and so recognizing, and I've had, you know, other mentors and other business owners and folks to um, help me to discover some of those things, right? Um, but once I've just recognized that I'm in my own way, I push past the discomfort mm -hmm. and recognize that in order for me to get where I want to go, I'm going to have to hand over things and trust that other people will, will do a good job. They might not do it the way I would do it, but they'll do a good job. <laughs> Yes, that is one lesson I think we all have to learn in business. I mean, like you said, when we get started, it's, you know, you're just doing everything. You're wearing every hat in the business. And then it's like, 
okay, you know, it's that fear of like, once I let it go, is it going to be done right? And then for me, it's like, now that I've let it go, I don't want it back. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's like a constant struggle, but hey, it comes with the territory. So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's funny. I I reflect back to the conversation that we had, I believe it was at Starbucks (laughs) about your website and you were like, oh yeah, control issues. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, let's work through this. (laughs) And you did a wonderful job on my website. (laughs) Thanks. And you you made it out on the other side. I did. I did. And I get lots of compliments and I'm good. So yeah. Thank you for helping me through that. difficulty. (laughs) You are very welcome. So speaking of helping others, talk to me a little bit about what legacy means to you and how you're creating a legacy. Interesting. So I, I, I think about my, you know, just as an individual, as a person, I think about my lessons learned and my life experiences and, and my daughter, I, I try very much, I have a 27 year old and I, I look at her life and I look at, you know, the life decisions that she's made and the lessons learned and, you know, ebbs and flows of, of being a young woman in this new millennium is still new. I don't know. Um, and so I think when I look at her and I look at how much she's achieved, despite being a spoiled brat growing up, how much I've grown myself, and I see her life and I see what she's doing and what she's learned from me as part of my legacy. I also, um, I think about all the different organizations that I work with. And uh, one thing I often tell folks when it comes to nonprofits is that you're creating something that will likely outlive you. And I think about, you know, these small organizations, these brand new organizations, and even some of the ones that have been around for a while, and how I have used my skills and my talents to give them the, the, the support that they need to position their organizations to make the impact that they, they want to make. And so I see as part of my legacy the, the life-changing work of the organizations I work with, that, you know, their clients who I'll never meet, who, you know, I'll never uh, know personally what um, each of these organizations have been able to do for them or for their communities, that because my, I exist and because my business exists and because of work that I've done with them, that um, I, I, I'm part of that story. I'm part of that, that longer, you know, longer-term impact, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, there's no way that you'll ever know, you know, who you're impacting because it just keeps going and going, you know, through each organization. And uh, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I've expressed to you that, you know, I'd like to start a nonprofit and just to look at something on a small, well, I say small, but like just a single nonprofit and to know that you deal with dozens and dozens, like I just can't imagine how many people you've impacted. So that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a passion of mine. It's such a blessing because I, you know, I feel like when you're, when you're living your purpose, 
it doesn't feel like work. Now, don't get me wrong. There are moments when I'm like pulling my hair out. <laughs> but um, like you talked about with, you know, doing the, the nonprofit coffee chat. So I started doing that almost two years ago. And it was because I would often get folks reaching out to me. Oh, Michelle, would you like to meet for coffee? Let's meet for coffee. And I would put in the calendar, you know, Casey chat, um, coffee chat with, with Casey. And then I was like, this is not sustainable to just keep having all these one-offs. And so I thought, well, how can I um, be helpful to a lot of people and let them pick my brain, so to speak, and do it in a way that's efficient and effective. And so I prayed about it, went to sleep. I woke up the next morning with a nonprofit coffee chat. I put a little event together and said it's free. Whoever shows up, shows up. And we've been doing it for almost two years, every Tuesday at 8 a.m. And we were meeting in person, but since COVID, we've been doing it virtually, which has been its own blessing because here we are in Frederick. So oftentimes the only people who were coming, I would occasionally get people who would come maybe from Montgomery County or Baltimore, but for the most part, it was just local um, organizations and volunteers and the like. But We've had folks all the way from New Mexico, Connecticut, New York, Texas, uh, Ohio, Chicago. And it's because you can get on this virtual phone call and it's supposed to be one hour, but it almost never is. And, um, and so I think about that as another way that I have been able to um, live my purpose in a way that's fun and um, enjoyable for both me and the people who participate. Um, and I'm getting up crack of dawn every Tuesday morning, but I love doing it. It's, 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 it's very energizing uh, for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I, as you know, I have a standing meeting during that time on Tuesdays, but I've always wanted to come and just like, I just, I love listening to you talk. Like you always have such good nuggets to share. So one day. Yeah. You, you'll pop in when you can. And it's, it's because it's intentionally informal. So there's no planned agenda. There's no, like, you got to get on at this time or you're going to miss out on introducing yourself or something. Mm -hmm. It's very intentionally informal. We talk about all kinds of stuff, mostly nonprofit, but sometimes we talk about stuff that has nothing to do with nonprofits at all. <laughs> and there are lots, there are several people, a good handful of, full of people who are what I call my regulars, who pretty much every Tuesday they're on. And one time I had a conflict and I couldn't do the call. And I told them it was canceled. But like four of them got on anyway, <laughs> and they had their own coffee chat. So <laughs> that is really, really awesome. nice thing for me. I was like, okay, well now I know I don't actually have to ever cancel it. You guys will get on and do your thing. So, oh wow, that's awesome. So speaking of the nuggets that you give people and allowing them to pick your brain, what nuggets do you have for anyone who might be thinking about starting a business or even a nonprofit? Okay, well, so it's interesting because one of the things that I always like to talk to folks about is the, the fork in the road. And so when it comes to starting a business, and it's really important to understand that when you start a nonprofit, just like when you start for-profit, you're starting a business. And each one of them has best practices, 
has rules, guidance that you should be complying with. And one thing that's really important to understand is that when you start a for-profit business, you're starting something that you own, you possess it, it's yours. When you start a nonprofit, you're starting something that you will never own, you will never have autonomous control over. And so it really is important that you're thinking about, I'm starting something that's bigger than me, something that will likely have an impact long after I'm gone, and do that self-assessment to figure out, is that really what you're, are you willing to put in the blood, sweat, and tears sometimes that it will take to grow a thriving nonprofit when it's something that you won't own? And um, a, lot of, a lot of people say yes to that, which is wonderful because they, they make a huge impact on the world. But if that's not for you, if you're thinking, no, I wanna own it, it's mine, then you should start a for-profit business and just recognize that, that that's the fork in the road. <laughs> I, love I often talk to people who start a nonprofit and then realize that they should have started a for-profit or vice versa. They'll start a for-profit and then realize that this, this model doesn't actually work for the business that I want to, the impact that I want to make and, 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 and who I want to help. Yeah. Wow. That... That's very true. And <laughs> I could go on a whole tangent about partnerships and everything else. <laughs> because as you know, I have both and it is, it's a different animal. And, you know, I'm seeing that with the nonprofit too. So that's great, you know, that you help people navigate that. Thank you. Thank you. You're very I'm, I'm all about protecting the sector. It's funny because I, um, I, I used to describe myself as I'm the consultant who will have you in tears because I'm going to tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear. And recently I had a phone call with a, a catch-up call with the former client and he says, Michelle, you're the kind of consultant who will love up on you and then kick you in your teeth because you need it. <laughs> well, I don't mean to kick people in the teeth, but he goes, no, no, I know. I know that it's all in love. <laughs> I'm like, well, just, I want to make sure you're doing it right. And sometimes it means telling you what you don't want to hear yeah. in order for us to get your organization where it needs to be and also to protect the sector. Because I often say that when it comes to for-profit businesses, a for-profit like an Enron or whatever can do something terrible. They go down in history as being awful, but they're judged as a single entity. When a nonprofit does something wrong, it's the entire sector. We're all bad, we're all whatever. And so it's really important that we recognize that whatever we're doing as a nonprofit is not only impacting our organization, but it's really gonna have an impact, good or bad or indifferent on the full sector. So wow. I could go on and on too. <laughs> Did I mention I was passionate about nonprofits? That's a really good point though. Like, I mean, I, I guess I didn't even realize that. So thank you for sharing that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, so is there anything else that you have a burning desire to share? Oh, uh, well, I would say that, you know, I think it's just really important, especially during this season, um, dealing with the pandemic and everything that people recognize that there is always 
an opportunity, there's always potential. And that those of us who are willing to be nimble, be flexible, uh, to be open and recognize that, you know, we need to evolve just as, as you know, whether it's a pandemic, the economy, whatever, that evolution is how we stay in this game. And so just because you've never done it before doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a try. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep moving forward. That's it. Keep moving forward. <laughs> I love that. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure interviewing you today. I always love chatting with you. So thank you again. Well, thank you, Casey. I'm so honored that you would give me this opportunity. Absolutely. And I'd also like to thank our music sponsor, Stephen Lamar Moore, who created the music for our podcast. So uh, thank you very much, Michelle. And we'll be sharing your podcast on all social media channels and on YouTube so people will be able to catch up with you and learn more about the word woman. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you again. And enjoy your holiday season and make sure you're safe and socially distant. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed.